Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets here on this Tuesday. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. He's going to help me uh, get through this episode. I am still very, very ill. <laughs> For good reason. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a hashtag NBA flu watch. It's getting NBA Sorry. players. It gets uh, you know us hardworking podcasters as well. This episode will be brought to you by Mucinex D. <laughs> Uh, just trying to get through this, but uh, listen, I got I got a, some great tweets out there. One from Jay Fernandez, twenty two, who's been a longtime listener, who said uh, after this Celtics loss, bring the fire on tomorrow's podcast. Oh lord! And I said, David, we've got we got to do one. Like I, I considered sitting this one out and trying to recover and and rally for the rest of this week. But listen, you get I got some great advice from an uh, an old friend, uh, a director. Uh, from a television station I used to work for that said, you give the people what they want. So that's what we're going to do. We'll talk about this loss to the Boston Celtics, uh, the fifth in a row for the Hornets. They go 0-5 on this road trip, lose to the Boston Celtics 108-98, to and fall to 20-21. and We're also going to answer uh, or respond to a few comments and then answer a question, a great question that we got uh, via email. You can email your question, by the way, buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. But yeah, the comments after after we tweeted the, you know, Hornets will finish the road trip 0-5 and, and fall to under 500 for the first time this season. Here were some of the comments from Edwards for Heisman. Why do we suck so bad all of a sudden? <laughs> great question. Uh, great question, yeah. David, uh, David here saying, damn, RIP. Uh, the shark cucked. Okay, pull out your Urban Dictionary for that one. Um, Mikey says, yay! And RPI NBA says, ugh! And Rod Pops 86 says, shoot me now! <laughs> I think you guys nailed it. Anna, Anna saying, unacceptable. Unacceptable. Stern. And then, but get Stern. this, David, here's the best one. Longtime listener Marion saying, Hornets played better tonight. But the bench must be better, either offensively or defensively, but preferably both. The world. This is this proves more than anything that the Hornets' world is upside down right now. When Marion, we love Marion, but he's. I think he tends to trend a little negative on the team, and and he's coming out and saying, "No, they played a little better tonight." Uh, so let's let's dig into this game now that we've we've heard from the fans. Uh, what do you think, David? Uh, did they did they play a little better? Uh, you know, or it doesn't yeah. matter because they lost the game. Uh, well, I, actually, I did think they did play a little bit better. I should note, for some reason, my feed was absent. There was no Hornets on my TV until I took to Twitter uh, saying as such, 
And then we had some good friends tell me that I could flip over to League Pass, which makes no sense to me because League Pass is always blocked out, blacked out. Last night it was not. It must have something to do with that free preview. Uh, I say that to say I missed a good portion of the start of this game. But by the time I tuned in, it was still tied up in a pretty competitive game. And I mean, I thought the Hornets played better from what I saw. And you look at the stat sheet, Doug. I mean, you, you made a note about this on Sunday when we were on with our friends at um, uh, uh, Good Day Charlotte on Fox 46 that they seem to solve one problem, right? And then another one pops up. So for the longest time, you know, the bench wasn't performing. Well, they got that kind of even last night. Uh, the other night against Philly, um, I believe the fast break points were out of control, um, or at least against the Rockets for sure. They got that kind of short up last night. At least not, it wasn't a blowout on that front. Um, but again, I think it continues to be the 39 three-pointers they gave up uh, which is nine above their average, their league-leading average, if you want to put it that way, of giving up about 33s a game. And especially to Isaiah Thomas, who just showed everyone out there why he deserves to be an all-star starter. <laughs> I mean, that guy is just playing lights out in the fourth quarter. And the Hornets made too many mistakes, Doug. You can't dribble down and, and throw you know, lazy passes backwards. Uh, when you're near half court, I'm already getting fired up just thinking about it. So, I love it. Um, I love what you know what gets I mean? fired up. It, it was it was that type of game. Like it was it was nip and tuck, and the, the Celtics were throwing haymakers, and the Hornets were coming down, had opportunities, missed shots, missed multiple three pointers on one possession, threw the ball away, were careless with the ball down the stretch, and just you know didn't put 48 minutes together, which is becoming the theme of this season. So yeah, I did mention on Good Day Charlotte that they seem to solve one problem and then another problem pops up. And I felt like defensively, they actually played uh, pretty well. I know they gave up 59 points in the first half, but I thought they did a really good job of containing Isaiah Thomas in the pick and roll early. Didn't allow him to get uh, too involved in the offense and and dominate early. And then Avery Bradley, who was coming off of his injury, uh, he looked a little rusty and they made sure that, that he didn't get involved. Uh, and I thought they, they recovered well to the three-point line. I know they gave up a lot, but a lot of it came in the second half. But, yeah, I mean, this game came down to to a couple of things. One, this was a game that was dominated offensively by Kimball Walker and Nick Batum. And Kimball Walker finishes 8 of 21 from the field. Nick Batum finishes 2 of 11. And it's just it, it wasn't good enough uh, to win good this enough. type of game against a really, really – that's what you have to understand. This is a really, really good Boston Celtics team. I mean, they're playing their best ball uh, all season right now. It started when they beat the Hornets uh, several weeks ago, and, and they've just been on a tear offensively, and they're really tough to solve. But you're not going to solve it if uh, Nick Batum's shooting 2 of 11. I mean, they get a great game from Marvin Williams, who scores 21 yeah. points. He's starting to get back on track. And someone That's on Twitter noted that when Marvin Williams is on track, this is a totally different team. But they waste that opportunity because, and here's my second point, they didn't finish quarters. I mean, they allowed the Boston Celtics to go on a 14-4 to run at the end of the third quarter. and the end of the second quarter, it was a Jalen Brown-led 5 to nothing run that, that had them in a hole at halftime. And then in the fourth quarter, Isaiah Thomas, that's what Isaiah Thomas does. That's what he's going to do. I don't think in any universe he doesn't play well in the fourth quarter. Uh, right. But you have to do enough in the first three quarters where you can you can deal with that, and they couldn't. Yeah, and Doug, they didn't win a quarter last night. Um, uh, you know, I don't know the last time that happened or if it happens a lot, but it seems like 
um, they were just close enough, right? You know, they lose a quarter by four, they lose it by two, they lose it by three, they lose it by one. You add all that up, you lose it by a 10 point game. So, um, it just wasn't good enough, as you mentioned, Nick Batum, one, one bucket away from a triple double. I mean, you know, so it's not like he wasn't contributing, but those four turnovers, especially down the stretch. Should have been five. Four, I think they credited the, the the play that you were talking about, which was a really terrible stretch for Nick Batum in a crucial time in the game. They gave it to Kemba? They, I think the they gave it to Kemba back? for losing the ball, but it was wow. absolutely Nick Batum's yeah. fault. And the play we're referencing, about four minutes to go, the Hornets are down seven, um, but they've, they've got a little momentum. Nick Batum takes a really bad shot with 15 seconds left on the shot clock, air balls it, kind of trots down court. Jalen Brown beats him down the court. Nick Batum has to turn on the Jets to get a, uh, a, a chase down block, which was it was an amazing great, play, great but, but it shouldn't have had to be that way. You should just stay with yeah. Jalen Brown in transition. And then Nick Batum takes it back up court and throws a behind-the-back lazy. I mean, that's the only word you can use to describe it, pass to oh. Nick Batum that Marcus Smart, uh, which this is what Marcus Smart does. You have to recognize that's who's on Kemba. Smart's going to get that steal. And, and, and they and they play 48 minutes, right? I mean, that's what you oh, see from absolutely. the Celtics. I mean, all the time. You can't do that. I mean, you can barely afford to do that in a normal NBA game, but you're playing against a team who is playing hard every night, as you mentioned, or on a heck of a roll, 12 of 15, uh, and their last, you know, 12 out of 15 wins, uh, their last and, 15 games, going into this game. And can I say this, David? We've We've – been and again, this goes back to them solving two problems and then having another one. Uh, we've put a lot of this on bench play. I, I didn't think the bench played all that terribly because they they hit their opportunities. I mean, Marco Bellinelli was three of seven. Frank Kaminsky was three of six. He had some defensive problems against Horford, and then he got he got stuck on some smaller guys. I mean, look, that's just. Kaminsky's defense is going to need another year or two if it ever comes to fruition. I mean, there's only a couple guys probably in the NBA that he's going to be a better matchup for on the defensive end. That's just the way it is. But he contributed uh, when he had opportunities, he contributed offensively. Ramon Sessions, three of four. Spencer Hawes, three of five. So when they had the ball in their hands and they shot it, they shot it well. It was This was a game dominated offensively by Nick Batum and Kimba Walker, and especially in the second half when the game was on the line, when the team needed momentum, these guys, unfortunately, could knock down open shots. Open shots. I mean, that's the important thing I think that we need to key in on. As Clifford mentioned after the game, look, those opportunities are there. Against a team like that, you're going to have to hit those. And that one possession I referenced earlier, I mean, I think it was. It was in that stretch where it was like a six, seven-point game, you know, um, they got like three really wide open, good looks at three pointers and just could not knock them down. I know Nick got one off in there. I'm not sure if Marco did or not, but it seemed like Kemba, Nick and Marco all had decent looks. I mean, Kemba is just, I don't know how he hasn't been running to the ground to, at this point. He he looks, doesn't look exhausted. It just, it looks like the weight of the game is on him at all times. You know what I mean? I mean, didn't it feel like unless he did something that the Hornets were not going to have a chance to win that game down the stretch? Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, and again, I don't want to like psychoanalyze anyone because yeah. that's stupid. I'm not Dr. Phil. I'm not going to like fake analyze people when I'm not a doctor. But I just I look at his stats over the past couple of weeks and it's it's very point heavy and and less on the rebounds and less on the assists. And I just think he's feeling the pressure of having to uh, hold up this offense on his shoulders, like the statue of the of the guy holding the world on his shoulders. That's I think that's where Kimba is. And and you can see he's thinking bucket first. And I can't and honestly I can't blame him. 
Like why? Why? No, I mean, he's, he's, he's thinking. Let me get get. Let me get away from this double team right now. Right. <laughs> and get as close to the basket as I can. And if there's anyone that's been, you know, this road trip has been uh, hardest on, it's got to be Kemba because, to me, every night they've seen they've sent two guys at him. Right. That they're bumping him. They're getting more physical with him. They're keying on him because they know, especially when Batum was out, there's not a lot of other people on the floor for the Hornets that can create their own shot, certainly, or, or create for for others. So I just think he's been, you know, knocked around and knocked down on this road trip. Isaiah Thomas, 35 points, 14 of 25 from the field, 7 of 15 from from the line. Again, I thought they got into him early, but, you know, Isaiah Thomas is just, he can kill you in, in so many ways. I mean, he can get to the line, he can knock down three-pointers, uh, and he can finish at the rim, too. So, it, you know, that's just a tough matchup. I thought Kelly Olynyk. Uh, really hurt this team off the bench. I mean, if you want to criticize the bench for anything, it's for letting Kelly Olynyk go 6 of 9 from the floor, 15 points. It was something that had we done a preview, I was going to point out because he scored 26 in his previous game, and he's starting to come alive a little bit, and he finishes with uh, 15 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Great game for Kelly Olynyk. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Hornets had to do something to, to key in on him. Uh, let's see, what else do we want to yeah. get into in this game? Well- yeah. And the last thing, you know, one thing, other thing I was going to say, Doug, you know, we mentioned they played a little better in that game. It, it felt like had they played the Sixers or the Pistons. Yeah. Okay, or can, hey, some... NBA, can we get a redo? Let's let's try this <laughs> again. Know? Take it from the top. Let it, let us get Detroit again because we could have won that game against Detroit. No, it's a great point, David. With that level of energy and intensity they had, that was good enough to beat the, the Pistons. But it's the little mistakes that they made down the stretch and not playing well enough in the second half that means you lose by 10 to the Celtics. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. I want to go back mm-hmm. to a, a bite that I was going to play yesterday, and it's from Clifford at practice before the Celtics game. And, and I think it still applies after this game. You know, really the message for today was we have to get ourselves right. You know, I believe that we have a good enough team so that when we're playing to our potential, we could beat every, anybody. Um, and so I, I understand the point, but like for right now, you know, when you lose four in a row and you don't play as well as you should be, I think that, you know, you got to worry about yourselves, and that's what we did today. Worrying about yourself, fixing yourself. I, I, don't, I just don't think the, the Hornets' problems are not technique-based. They are not, um, you know, necessarily stat sheet performance-based. There's something right. going on inside. Uh, in terms of uh, giving it all for 48 quarters, or 48 quarters, 48 minutes. Uh, time to take some more mu snacks. Um, <laughs> that, that's that's what's going on here, David. And, and there's something that they haven't quite figured out. I thought Marvin figured it out last night. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to take all nine guys in this rotation to figure this thing out and to go after every loose ball. There was one particular play. It's not. It's not just the bench. It's... Uh, Kimball Walker had a great contest on Isaiah Thomas late in this game, made him miss a three that he normally would make, and, and then doesn't chase didn't. the rebound. Uh, Isaiah Thomas uh, gets the offensive rebound, and it turns in they rotate it around because Boston slices and dices you with a pass, and, and it's points for Boston. Yep. And it's also, you know, MKG, right? Knowing where you are. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit over here and lecture MKG on how to play defense in the NBA, but you've seen this over the past couple of games. Doing it against James Harden is one thing. Fouling Kelly Olenek in an awkward position and letting him get off what was basically a pirouette. I don't think it's <laughs> lecturing. David, I don't think it's lecture. I think I mean, it's observing. Know, That's what we're saying, yeah, because here's you, what we're saying. You can't yeah. run through. If, if, if Olenek had not 
you know, made a jump shot effort, it's still probably would have been a foul, right? You can't bulldoze into the guy who has the ball. Like when you're chasing your man around what a, what's basically a handoff screen or something like that, it's just, it's stuff like that. It's across the board. I mean, that's why I highlight MKG. We all know his ability on defense, but it's the little concentration things. The, the effort, I, I really do think the effort and, and, the, and, the, and the want to is there, Doug. It's just the execution for 48 minutes. And, it, and you have to do it when you don't have a superstar on the floor. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at, I, I think about the Sixers, and they have a superstar, by the way, in the making, in Joel Embiid. They do. And, and you can see the players play, like TJ McConnell and Covington and different players on that team that have no business being on an NBA rotation. They're playing way above themselves because they look at Joel Embiid and say, we have a superstar on this team, so maybe not this season, but next season, the season after, we've got a shot at making some waves in the playoffs. And that's that's a special thing that that team has. The Hornets don't have that, so you have to really look inside yourself and say, okay, we have to do this as a team, but it starts with me. I have to do it for 48 minutes every single game. That I mean, that's yeah. th- here's the thing. That's the reality. That's the situation. They know that. And, 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 you know, now they come back home and they're going to have to show something because this is 20 and 21. Uh, this is the time that they now have to make a run similar to the way they did it last season. So I have a question for you, Doug. Um, so you brought up last season. And looking back to last season, that is something that they did better. Play for 48 minutes, giving constant effort, you know, every night. Do you think that's just not realistic you know for two basically the same group more or less to do that over the course of two seasons all the time it's tough i mean i I think uh, hardwood paroxysm matt moore from cbs made a comment on twitter last night it's like uh could they make a run sure but i mean i think the, the national perception is starting to fall on this team may just not be good enough this season and the problem is i don't know if there's that spark off the bench. It was Troy Daniels last season during this same stretch. It was Jeremy Lin at times um, taking down Goliath. I don't know if that exists on the bench to do that. I mean, you saw Roy Hibbert gets zero minutes in this game. Uh, after two games ago, Spencer Hawes gets zero minutes. Mm-hmm. So there, there are, uh, and we know Steve Clifford wants to play guys consistently. That's his thing. He, he, he thinks that if you don't play consistent minutes, you, you can't be good on the floor. But there are realities in this lineup that make it impossible for him to play certain players. And I don't know, that's tough to win a game when, when there are players that you legitimately can't play against other players, multiple players like that. Right. Um, all right, so Hornets lose uh, 108-98. Uh, next game against uh, the uh, Portland Trailblazers at home uh, on Wednesday. We'll have uh, a preview of that uh, tomorrow night or tomorrow morning. Uh, okay, I want to. I'm fading here, David. Are we're we? almost there. We're, we're almost, almost there. there. I'm sweating. Uh, let me, okay, uh, I want to share a few comments. First of all, I woke up to this. This is a great way to wake up. Um, on YouTube, our last Locked On Hornets live show, um, which, by the way, let me mention, no live show tonight because of uh, my health issues. So once I get out of this flu, we'll get back on track next week. But no live show tonight. Um, but here's, here's a comment that was put this morning by a guy named Dwight. Uh, first of all, I saw this on my phone and I thought it said latest group of Hornets podcasters out there. And I was like, latest, 
uh, you know, I was kind of a little hazy in the morning. You know, you're waking up. I was like, latest. I, I was going to comment on it and say, hey, we've been around for a couple of years now. And then I got on my computer and it's lamest group of Hornets podcasters out there. That's nice. <laughs> Thanks, Joy. Listen, well, that's Thanks, good. Man. We 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 got to... We got to, uh, you know, I, I think there's a chance for us uh, to win guys like uh, Dwight and what was that, uh, GodBlue69 on iTunes. There's a chance for us to win them over. You're not going to win everybody over, uh, but maybe we can. 20 minutes a day, all feet, no hands, and I'll have the petty dexterity of a chimp, and you'll be sitting there like an idiot. Uh, but he is named Dwight, so it's, it's tough. Dwight's are tough. Thanks for listening, though, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the click, always. All right, let's get, to a, let's get to a great comment here. This was a, a fantastic email that we got uh, from Nick. And if you'll remember, we read uh, Nick's five-star review on our podcast uh, earlier last month, I believe. He says, gentlemen, when you shared my, quote, effing great, unquote, five-star review for the podcast on iTunes in November, my street cred went through the roof. <laughs> Nick's, flat, Nick's flattering us now. All of my family, friends, and pets that I made listen to the episode called it the most important day of my life. <laughs> so I'm sure you're not surprised to see I'm back for more. The Hornets' struggles recently have been souring my basketball mood. I need some stupid humor to brighten the week. So my question is, what ironic, non-existent, hilarious Hornets bobblehead would you want on your desk? And his suggestions are Kobe Bryant in a Hornets jersey, Adam Morrison in his draft day suit, Muggsy Bogues getting a dunk rejected by the net of the rim. Thanks for keeping yeah. us going as Hornets fans. Stay effing great as always. Effing Nick. What? Nick? F yeah, Nick. Yeah. Effing great email. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, definitely email us your comments, your questions to buzzbuzz at lockdownhornets.com. It, it definitely makes it uh, worth getting up and powering through this, uh, powering through this sick day. Um, great question. Although I will, Nick, if you want to be positive, those were very negative suggestions <laughs> for bobbleheads. Hilarious, yes, but negative. Uh, so I, I've got a couple of positive ones. Um, my first one, I'd like a bobblehead of the woman that Gerald Henderson beamed in the face with a basketball. Let's oh, get the no. ball hitting her. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> right, there's multiple. The one where she just fell, like it was an immediate fall. And she's okay, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not, you know, she's fine. Right. Everything's great. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was a funny moment in Hornets slash Bobcats history. So I'd like one of those. Uh, David, you got one? Yes, I do have one. And it has two important uh, factors or, or ingredients or, or um, what's the word I'm looking for here, Doug? Um, components yes components thank you um so walter herman was a yes. uh, a legendary bobcat uh-huh. and what i need in this is i need actual flowing golden hair uh coming out of his head sure. and then i need actual like hands. human hair yeah well you know or horse hair whatever <clears throat> whatever works for you and then i need his hands to be enlarged to represent the size of tennis rackets that they actually were because yeah. That man had some giant, giant hands. So I think that one with the flowing golden locks and uh, tennis rackets for hands. Would I be feel good. like Herman, when he was with the team, it was sort of pre-Vine or just in the birth of like Twitter. Like I feel like Herman would be much more appreciated by niche NBA fans like Boban is now than he was back then. Um. Perhaps I think he was so. not as yeah. I mean, he had his moments. He has moments. But Bill Bond is just a mountain of a man. 
Um, okay, my next suggestion is uh, Cody Zeller with the sock puppet from the commercial with Josh McRoberts. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, that would be a great just him with the sock puppet smiling. I would, I would, uh, I would buy that bobblehead in a second and place it proudly on my desk. That's a good one. You have another That's one? A classic one. I got one more. Um, no, you go ahead. You All go right. Ahead. I want, here's my final one. I'd like Eric Collins with his eyes popped wide when he made the double entendre against the Lakers. Something about a lap and something happening to the lap. I'm, I don't want to miss, <laughs> I don't want to misquote that because uh, it's so important to Hornets history, but. Yeah. We're past due for an Eric Collins bobblehead. We, we all know that. Oh, yes, please. That has to happen next season. Mm-hmm. Eric Collins mm-hmm. bobblehead. That'd be cool to get three. I mean, we, we, we're we like, it's unique that we have three in the booth. Um, Del Curry, Steph Reddy, Eric Collins. Let's get three bobbleheads. That'd be great. Let's do it. Yeah. I'd totally exactly. be on board for that. All right, that's it for us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning to preview uh, this game coming up against the Portland Trailblazers. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for bearing uh, with my Vokes this morning. And uh, thanks again to Musin XD for keeping me dry enough to do this episode. And thanks uh, to David and everyone that makes this show possible. And thanks to you for listening and sending us your comments. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, search iTunes for Locked On. They've got podcasts on the NBA, NFL, golf, fantasy sports. If you want it, they got it. Check them out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And also, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We're still live tweeting games. Uh, so uh, join us for a good time. And we'll see you tomorrow. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm shot. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't blame it on caffeine and then go to Coke and Pepsi. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.